Welcome to the experience. Sharing insights into the future of customer and employee experiences with Avaya. Welcome back to another episode of The Experience, brought to you by Avaya, where we're bringing you thought-provoking conversations with industry leaders, technologists, creators, influencers, and others who are bringing to life the future of experiences. I'm your guest host, Chris Bain, Head of Analyst Relations and Storytelling at Avaya, and on the show today, we have Tom Chong, Founder and Managing Director of Silver Spring Pathfinder. Tom's with us today to talk about all the amazing work he and his company are doing to get disadvantaged people into work and the technology powering his efforts. Let's dive right in. Tom, welcome. It's wonderful to see you again. Where in the world do we find you today? I'm in at home here in bright and sunny Singapore. Now, Tom, by way of introduction, let's talk a little bit about who you are and what you're doing at Silver Spring Pathfinder. I know Silver Spring as a business process outsourcer, but also as a social enterprise that provides work for disadvantaged individuals and opportunities for customers to have services delivered for them. Can you talk a little bit through the mission statement of Silver Spring Pathfinder and specifically the work that you're doing there? I think the mission statement is a very straightforward one, and that is to provide meaningful and rewarding job opportunities for the disadvantaged here in Singapore and hopefully in the near future in the region as well. So when we say disadvantaged, we include persons with disabilities or PWDs, as well as their caregivers. Talk about providing opportunities for disadvantaged individuals and caregivers, which is a fantastic thing to be doing. How do the individuals that you're giving these opportunities to prefer to describe themselves? I always get a little nervous when pigeonholing people into a category like that. I think it's quite a common concern among many of my friends as well and people that may not be familiar with the community. But I was just in an event the other day and there was a panel consisting of some senior executives, as well as a PWD executive who had made good for herself with a law degree and a position in a major bank. And when the panelists tried to correct herself in terms of how we should refer to disadvantaged people here in Singapore, this particular PWD actually corrected her and said that, look, it's okay. Persons with disabilities or PWDs It's an appropriate term to describe how we are overcoming life's challenges despite our disabilities. So she expressly told the audience that this is a term that she does not mind using to describe her ability or inabilities in this case. And I think that's a great segue into your workforce, perhaps, because what you've described there is an individual who is clearly high achieving, clearly very capable, clearly delivering the work that was needed within her chosen profession and the label, the moniker of PWD, persons with disability, was really something that was a physical description. It had no bearing particularly on her ability to perform and to do her job and therefore employing her was really an opportunity for many that she was delivering on and delivering on well. And I I guess that's similar of your staff. I think many a times these persons come to us with high levels of education and even job experience, especially for those who have acquired disability along the way. And it was also echoed by that same executive in that panel discussion to say that, and even now when she's at the pinnacle of her career, she gave credit to two individuals in her life, gave her an opportunity to really prove herself 
And that's what this is about, giving these individuals a chance to really reintegrate back into the workforce. She was telling the audience that she had applied for multiple job opportunities to no avail. And the minute they heard that she had a disability, the doors shut on her, right? Until these two individuals in her life actually gave her that opportunity. And in a way, that is what Silver Spring Pathfinder, or SSP, the social enterprise that I've co-founded. That's what we stand for, giving these individuals who would otherwise not have the opportunity to work in a meaningful way a chance to gain some self-esteem and just to re-establish their position in the society. It's a wonderful thing to be doing and I'm sure very rewarding as well. Let's come on to how you're succeeding and how that is rewarding a little bit later on. But take a step back to begin with. Just tell us a little bit about the origins of Silver Spring Pathfinder. So what brought you down this road in the first place? At what point in your career did you think this is the next step for me and how did you take that forward? Up until a few years ago when I co-founded the social enterprise, I was just like any other run-of-the-mill technology executive, doing my rounds, chasing after quarterly numbers, and really traveling the region and just trying to make a name for yourself. Until I met a fellow social entrepreneur, a lady by the name of Helen, that had been doing this dual job, if you like. In the daytime, she was a headhunter. And in her spare time, she was really running her own social enterprise, which was really an outplacement firm. And I got so impressed with the way she was juggling these two different roles that I thought to myself, if the opportunity ever presents itself, I should pay it forward, basically, and find a way for me to really contribute in the same way as she had done. And that chance came a few years ago, when we came upon this government grant that allowed individuals and persons to actually bid for financial assistance to set up social enterprises with notable social missions. So we put in an application and the rest, as they say, is history. That's great. And what's the sort of time frame? How long have you been going with this now? This is our fifth year of operation now. As you're getting this business up and running... I would imagine one of the key challenges is that beyond that government grant to set the whole thing up in the first place, you're then competing in the open market. You're competing corporately with organizations that do not employ a specific group of people. They don't exclude them necessarily, but they're not specifically including them. How much of a challenge was that? And what are the challenges did you face while you were creating the business? I was a bit naive when we first started this business. And I probably place a little more weightage than I would have now on the goodwill of many of these business owners. But we were very focused on creating a social enterprise that is going to leave an impact on this community of disadvantaged persons. And so we charged ahead, met up with many of these social service agencies and interviewed some of these individuals. And we tried to find a theme, basically as to why they are not meaningfully employed as they should be, despite their qualifications and many of them relevant experience. One of the things that kept coming over and over again was mobility. Many of them found that it was just too much of a challenge to commute between their home and the workplace. Public transportation is, of course, well established in Singapore, but still, right, when it rains or when the bus is crowded or the trains is crowded, it just takes them too long to actually get to the workplace. Mobility came up over and over again. 
Secondly was the flexibility of working hours. Many of them, because of their medical condition, they had to take time off to attend therapy sessions, ongoing medical treatment, etc. And it was just too difficult for them to be constantly taking time off from work to attend to these personal needs. So they needed a job that would allow them the flexibility of working when they can and not working when they needed to. The third thing, the challenges from our standpoint was really putting all these together, a business that addressed some of these key needs, but also with the understanding that these persons have some very special needs. For instance, some of them have visual impairment. So we needed to make sure that the work that we assigned to them will allow them to actually use many of the common accessibility features that you will find on a typical PC today, like magnifier or the text-to-speech translator. And some of them had impairment in terms of their physical abilities to operate a keyboard. So we had to think of other ways of giving them input devices that allows them to overcome these challenges. So there were a lot of things that a typical startup business would not have put as a top of priority. But for us, because we were very intent on creating a business that meant something to this special group of people. So it was really a ground-up initiative from our part. How do you support your staff remotely? Because presumably they're all working from home, is that right? Yes, that is a key requirement of the platform that we eventually chose. It has to have the ability to support remote agents because this was our number one requirement that we take away the mobility constraints that prevents these individuals from working in the first place. And what better way to do that than to bring work to them, paid work to them in the comfort of their home. So that was the key. It had to be able to support a remote agent working environment. Just before we go into the technologies that you've employed to enable that, what are the factors that were influencing your decisions in that technology? What are the critical factors in terms of constructing this environment? The other part of your earlier question was, what were some of the competitive factors that you had to contend with? Because many of my competitors who do not focus primarily on these disadvantaged agents would not have the same constraint. From day one, we decided that, look, if you are going to create a business that will mean something or have an impact on these individuals, then we have to make sure that it is both a business that can relate to them and address their needs, but also a business that can be sustained. We are not a charity, so we do have to pull in our own weight. And so we have deliberately targeted certain types of remote work that would be compatible with these group of individuals. So for instance, tele-surveys, tele-sales, email filtering, etc. All these work can be done remotely and it does not matter whether the agent has or does not have any disability, they would be able to do just as well as any other individual out there. Would you refer to yourselves as a business process outsourcer? Yes, we do. What we are actually doing is we are actually getting these business owners to outsource parts of their current customer service operations to us with the intent of them redeploying their own staff for other forms of work elsewhere. And then we in turn would train our own agents to actually perform that same work. So it is a, actually quite an achievement for our agents to be able to actually step in to the shoes of their more able-bodied counterparts, if you like, right, in the, in the customer organization. 
Yes, a huge achievement for you as an organization and for them as well. Let's talk about the platform, the technologies that you put in place to enable your workforce now. I know you said that you are predominantly in Singapore at the moment with aspirations of moving outside and into other areas too. What technology did you put in place and how is it being used today? When we first started a few years ago, we had quite a limited choice of call center platforms. Our main requirement then was to be able to do this distributed agent network. And we were with that platform. And then subsequently, we migrated it to the Avaya Experience platform. And AXP really was the solution that we were actually looking for because it actually ticked off all the different feature sets that we needed for this business. The first was it was a true contact center as a service platform. So we could work anywhere and everywhere with full reporting and management capability. The other thing was that it has to be omni-channel because many of our remote agents, everyone has an individual constraint. Some may be visually impaired, others may have speech impediments, etc. We needed to make sure that we could address different communication channels, be it voice, text, Video, So we had to be omni-channel and the AXP met that requirement. And thirdly, we had to also look at, because we are distributed across the country, we also needed features like attribute-based routing. So the simple one is just language capability, because in Singapore, as you know, there are three main languages and there are multiple dialects. So many of our agents come from different racial backgrounds. And so the, with this system, we could easily direct an incoming call to any of these agents who can speak that language because it's their mother tongue. So these are just some examples of how AXP has been able to address many of our requirements since we implemented it. That's wonderful. Thank you for the explanation. Talk to me a little bit around the customer experience aspect of the technology and of your business. So first of all, how are you focusing as a distributed workforce on the customer experience? How do you focus on customer experience as a business process outsourcer with multiple clients that you're servicing, as you say, across different channels? And how do you measure and continually improve that customer experience aspect? When we first started, it was mixed environment. So we had agents come in for a certain number of days whenever we have a new project and we would train them and then we'll get them going. But with COVID coming in on our second year of operation, we were forced like many other businesses to go 100% virtual. We relied on a number of different solutions to actually then 100% virtualize our operations, even from the point of view of, of the onboarding training, for instance. And we've managed to hone our skills there. Today, we are a 100% virtualized organization. And we have been able to run the business successfully based on that. So from a customer experience perspective, the Avaya platform has also been very helpful in that because our supervisors are also remote. So we could easily provide behind-the-scenes guidance to our agents we can also intervene in an ongoing live call if the agent needs help. There's a lot of recording that takes place during the session itself. So we could use that for training purposes and coaching purposes after the fact. There are many ways in which we ensure that the customer experience is always kept at the right level at all times. And your ongoing success is testament to that, I suppose the fact that you can continue to deliver that. Talk to me a little bit about your journey with Avaya. How did that conversation start? What was the experience of going from concept to production? 
I must declare a little bit of self-interest here because I used to work with Avaya, so I'm a little bit predisposed you know, to Avaya in that sense. But when it was time for us to migrate over to the next generation of our platform from the original North American one, we went through a very objective process and looked at several candidates, the usual suspects. So I think the Avaya Experience Platform, or AXP, came into the picture and it was a solution that fit very closely to what we were looking for. Combined with the fact that Avaya has a strong brand appeal here in this part of the world. So it didn't hurt, definitely, its chances of getting selected. The brand equity played well into our BPO business because we offer not only manpower resources, but we offer the technology platform as well because to our customers, it's a whole package. It doesn't help that we may have the best and most well-trained agents in the world, but if the platform is not something that they are familiar and confident with, it also won't make the cut. When we decided on Avaya, things moved relatively quickly from there. We were actually quite impressive in the way we rolled it out. And I think the last count, it was 47 days from concept to production. <laughs> And I was told that it was quite an impressive rollout plan, given that how short it is. And part of it was because we had a good team supporting us locally and in HQ as well. And so I think the team knew what they wanted. So it was a good way of combining a lot of the experiences to get this solution on the road. And that is an achievement. Tell us a little about your customers, the organizations that you're working with. Obviously, you can't name them specifically, but give us a flavor of the type of organizations that are working with you. We have many different kinds of organizations and they come from different industries. So one example would be this media publishing company that has contracted our agents to help them with subscription renewal sales. Agents come in towards the tail end of their subscription cycle and call up these subscribers and remind them, of course, that their subscription is about to end. And then if they want, we could also help them renew the subscription over the phone, right? including getting their credit card details and instance. So that's one. Another case, we did a lot of telemarketing sales for an event organizing company that wanted to promote an upcoming event. They furnish us with the attendee profiles of many of the same the people that attended their past events with the belief that they will be interested in this next one. We then do a marketing blitz on these people using a combination of email as well as voice-centric calls. And are you doing this across public and private sector? Yes. In one of the cases, we actually were engaged by a government agency who was really looking at providing a public service to the citizens here in Singapore and in a job of employment opportunities, getting them to be more aware of job opportunities out there and also, if they refer, to be scheduled to speak with a job coach at the time of their choosing in order to take their, their job search process further down the road. So our agents came in to call up these individuals or job seekers who were looking to follow up on this job process. So we were doing 
a combination of scheduling as well as job matching service for these members of the public. That's great. And I would imagine a great deal of empathy from some of your uh, staff as well, who may have had their own struggles with finding opportunities in the past before Silver Spring Pathfinder came along to help them on the, the route to their careers. So tell us a little bit about the future then, Tom. You've already said that you'd like to progress outside Singapore. You're clearly multilingual, multi-channel omni-channel you were talking about. You've become adept at adopting new technologies, changing technologies during the process of delivering services to your customers. You've got lots of different customers across different industries and public and private and verticals. What's the priority for Silver Spring over the next few years? I think compared to our competitors, right, uh, SSP is still not done yet. There's still a lot of room that we need to cover. For instance, we are not into banking. We're not into service provider or telco yet. Those are the really prime time opportunities that we want to compete with. And we're not there yet because of various reasons. Understood. How do you innovate within your own environment in coming back to the CX, the customer experience? What more can you deliver from your own team? How do you continue to differentiate there? I think... A lot of the work that we're doing now boils down to talent management because while the technology platform plays a key part of it, it's a people business. And the caliber and the attitudes and the customer service capability of our agents is going to make that difference. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to provide our agents with the best training and the best exposure that we can, but also at the same time, constantly look at using technology in one form or the other to help them just get that extra edge compared to their competitors. Artificial intelligence or AI, now it's a big deal in many parts of it, of the business. I won't mention what's happening now with chat GPT and all that, but a lot of it is becoming reality here in the, in the Singapore scene. And so we will want to be part of that wave if so for those organizations that have been relying on chatbots for the longest time, right, in the hands of the right live agent, a chatbot can actually be an augmentation tool, right, in order to, exp- to enhance the customer experience that much more. Of course, in the hands of a bad agent, <laughs> that can be a negative experience. We like to think that we have that extra edge in that sense. It's great that you're looking to continue at the cutting edge to continue looking at what delivers the best employee experience, but also, of course, the best customer experience to maintain your edge, as you were talking about. How is the business doing now? Are you getting the right results for your customers? Are you getting the right results for Silver Spring and for your employees and delivering more employment opportunities? Let me put it this way. We have more people looking to work with us as remote agents that we have jobs at the moment. Part of that reason is because despite our earlier successes, we still, it's still a challenge to find enough business owners to actually take that leap of faith and award us that business process outsourcing job as compared to our competitors. I'm more than happy to participate in forums like these in order to to spread the word that look at the true value of these individuals. They may have special needs, they may be disadvantaged, but I think over the last few years, SSSP has more than proven that they can hold a candle to anyone out there. Going back to the anecdote I shared earlier in the podcast, right, about this executive who made good, and she said that at the end of the day, it's about giving us a chance. 
So from an organization standpoint, SSP is appealing to many of these business owners to say, give us a chance. Let us prove to you that we can do just as good a job as anyone out there. Despite the special agents that we have in our employment, that shouldn't factor in your decision to whether to work with us or not. From what you're saying about the number of people that are applying for jobs, there's a huge talent pool out there that is looking to find work and that you've got the capacity to use as you expand the business. For any interested organizations looking to work with SilverSpring in the future, where should they go? You can check out our website, www.silverpathfinder.com, or you could actually contact me directly. I'd be more than happy to take this conversation forward. I'm sure there's lots of opportunity out there. So Tom, as a social enterprise, the social aspect of it, I think, must become an increasingly important aspect. As you've talked about omni-channel, what aspect does social media and social interaction have in the business and with everybody that's working for you? We are currently now experiencing an upsurge in our clients really wanting social media connectivity with their customers. And that's now in the works as far as AXP is concerned. We want to make sure that there's proper social media connectivity on the AXP, starting with WhatsApp, which is a hugely popular platform here. It becomes a critical augmentation tool for agents because the combination of WhatsApp messaging and our outbound calling, we find that the success rate of getting a connection is much, much higher. That's something we're working on. The other aspect of it is preview dialing, which is something that is now in the works. Many of our agents are being asked to reach out to increasingly large number of callers out there. So preview dialing has is featured in the AXP. It's a, it's a must-have feature for us as well. And what about the interaction between your teams? I would imagine the opportunities to actually bring people together are few and far between. So how do you create that team spirit? How do people interact with each other and and have that workplace experience? We do a lot of pre and post calling activity, virtually the combination of teams as well as the increasing our collaboration on the AXP. And we celebrate birthdays virtually. We send gifts to each other. So there's a lot of opportunities for you for us to do that. And I think we have not been able to do that for the last few years, like any other teams around the world. But that's something we have in the works. We used to do that quite a bit before the pandemic. But it's something that we need to do increasingly just to keep the team connected together. Anything else that we've missed? I would just like to emphasize the point in closing that The whole idea of setting up this BPO business was really to create meaningful and rewarding employment for the disadvantaged. The ability to recruit the right talent and to manage the talent so that they stay in the business long enough for them to be effective. It still is a key part of the success of this BPO. But just as importantly is the technology platform. And that's where AXP comes in. We very encouraged by the innovation that we are seeing right in the XP platform and we want to keep this partnership going as much as we can i would like to think this is a very symbiotic relationship we are very appreciative of the, of the partnership of Aya, and we'd like to see it going forward as much as we can fantastic well i'm sure that together we'll continue to innovate we'll continue to to differentiate and continue to succeed as well Thanks again to Tom for coming on the show and talking about the incredible work you're doing to really enhance lives. 
If you're enjoying this episode, please be sure to rate the show and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm your guest host, Chris Bain, and this has been The Experience, where we share insights into the future of customer and employee experiences. Mm -hmm.